Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast by Knowing Hospitality, the show that deconstructs and demystifies the inner workings of the hotel industry. Here's your host, Adam Knight. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show today. I'm really excited about today's episode. My guest today is Myra Creighton. She's a partner in the Atlanta office of Fisher Phillips. This is one of the country's preeminent labor and employment law firms representing employers. And I thought as everybody is talking about masks, the requirements to go into hotels and health checks and all of this stuff that everybody's dealing with, what better person to have on the podcast than an attorney who's dealing with all of this? So we dive deep into mask usage. We dive deep into how employees can deal with these situations, what employers can do. We cover a lot of ground here today. So without further ado, let's just get right to the episode. Myra Creighton, partner at the Atlanta office of Fisher Phillips on mask usage and ADA compliance. Enjoy. Myra, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, taking the time. We've got, I think, a really, uh, obviously a really pressing time sensitive or time valuable subject that we're going to talk about today about mask usage ADA concerns and some of the things that we're seeing go on out in the market with hotels and and with guests coming back. But before we dive into this, what is probably a really big topic, why don't you tell everybody about where you're from, how you got to be where you are today? So I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I started with Fisher and Phillips in 1993, which may suggest my age. And if you know anything about employment law, there were two big laws that were really just hitting the ground around that time or a couple of years earlier. And that was the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Family Medical Leave Act. And so I looked at those and I thought, "Eh, okay, those might be some areas I'm interested in. And I could develop some specialty in those areas. And my practice has moved from a broader based practice to probably, I spend 95% of my time on ADA and FMLA issues. And the ADA issues include public accommodations under Title III of the ADA. This is a huge element that hotels have to deal with on a daily basis. This is is something I know when I was in uh, hotel operations, you know, we were always, especially in California, making sure that our properties were compliant with ADA regulations and some new things that ended up coming out while I was there were like hot tub and pool accommodations for chairlifts. And, you know, there's always these, these new elements that hotels have to be on top of to be compliant. There's no question. And it's, it's kind of mind boggling when you start getting into the minutia of accessibility standards in terms of, you know, the mirror has to be this many inches off the ground. And I mean, it's just an unending list. Um, and then you quote, have to maintain accessibility which is just this content, almost continuing audit obligation to, to make sure you're compliant and staying compliant. And then you throw into that mix websites and everything else and your apps uh, have to be accessible to the disabled. And it's just a big burden or a big job, I would say that, on, mm-hmm. on businesses to comply with those laws and make sure they're, they're where they need to be. So if you can think of it, ADA probably touches it. It's a safe way to look at it. Yes, it's an absolutely safe way to look at it. So you and I got connected actually through an article in hospitalitylawyer.com that um, you put together. And it was actually about ADA and businesses that mandate masks for employees and customers having to consider ADA issues around that. And so, you know, this is obviously new territory for a lot of people. There's a, a quote in the article that I thought 
was pretty relevant to our discussion today. This, this one in particular that talks about the myriad of laws and guidance concerning face coverings come with their own enforcement mechanisms, specifics, and expiration dates, only adding to the stress employers may feel when determining how to address protecting their employees and customers. That's a lot of words, a lot of things I just said out there. But the point is, is that in this new world of COVID and PPE, there's a lot that we need to be aware of what we can enforce, what we can't enforce, and personal accommodations. So from that perspective, what are you seeing in the market as you're talking with clients? You know, what's the chatter out there? So most employers and what I would call, quote, public accommodations or businesses like restaurants and hotels, they are enforcing a mask requirement or they're requiring it. Some companies have not had it until recently. I think only recently, or it may be upcoming that Kroger is going to have a mask mandate. But with respect to the hotel industry, keep in mind that they are geared towards the guest experience. And obviously, COVID has not been kind to the hotel business. And so those businesses are doing everything they can to say to potential guests, it's safe. It's safe to come here. You can come here without fear of getting COVID. I can't remember the name of the hotel in Washington, I think it was in 1972 or 77, where the Legionnaire's disease had the outbreak, but no hotel wants to be that for COVID. And so notwithstanding that there may be conflicting state laws, federal laws, whatever requirement that's conflicting, the bottom line is what most hotels want to project is we're a safe place. So we're requiring it. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, you know, speaking of some of the conflicting laws and regulations that are out there, even out in, I'm not 100% up to date on what's going on in Georgia and Atlanta right now, but there was some news a week or two ago about Atlanta saying one thing and the state saying something else. And that's probably happening in many jurisdictions around the country. So what's your advice to hotels when they're faced with that? You know, who do they, who do they look to and who should they follow? So my view of that is, and I'll use the example of Georgia, all the governor is saying is there is no mask mandate and you local government do not have the legal authority to impose one. And my response to that is, okay, your local government does, doesn't have the authority, but that doesn't mean you as the hotel can impose one. There's nothing prohibiting you. The, the ADA does not prohibit you from saying, you guests must wear a mask. All you employees must wear a mask. Now, obviously there are, we can talk about this later, within the ADA accommodation obligations to your guests and to your employees. But there's nothing in the law prohibiting you as the private employer and the private entity from imposing that requirement on employees and guests. Yeah, and that's an important distinction because I think what we've heard from a lot of uh, people just out in the field is that you've got guests coming in claiming that they're not able to wear a mask and everybody's seen the news stories. And, you know, this isn't, I'm not advocating one way or another, you could make your own decision. But when you've got somebody who is working on the front line, who's been dealing with just a lot in terms of their professional life, whether they're working, whether they're not furloughed or not, coming back, getting laid off. And then you put them in a position where they're between company policy and a guest checking in and probably not a strong understanding of the law on either side. What do you advise that hotels 
do when they're training their employees, when they're advising their employees, how to approach that guest when they say, I can't wear a mask for ABCD reasons, but none of them fall under ADA. In that scenario, I'll be honest. So there are a couple of states, I think Pennsylvania, Washington State, Delaware, that specifically say you must deny service to someone who will not wear a mask, which that's one of those situations where I do believe the state is is placing the hotel in an, just between a rock and a hard place. That's a very difficult scenario. In that scenario, don't mean to put more work on managers, but if you're the frontline employee, there needs to be a mechanism where you can quickly flip this to a manager because you as the frontline employee don't want to be getting into an argument and it should be flipped to the manager long before it escalates into a very tense, difficult situation. Just as you would any other issue that comes up. Sure. I mean, you know, my steak isn't cooked right. Don't engage and go, well, it looks fine to me. I mean, you're not going to do that. And I do think that hotels are way beyond other retail industry type, like the Starbucks or the Walmart, because they do this kind of training for employees in dealing with difficult guests and in trying to appease guests. It's just in some situations, you're not going to be able to appease the guest concerning Mm -hmm. a mask mandate. We've all seen over the years, there's been signs, usually in beach towns, but they could be anywhere about, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Does that type of a policy apply to masks or can it apply to masks? So for whatever reason, that type of policy doesn't seem to trigger people the way the mask mandate does. So you don't generally have somebody coming in saying, well, I medically can't wear shoes or I medically Mm -hmm. can't wear a shirt. You don't engage that. Most people just comply. They may argue a little bit or why can't you just let me in? For heaven's sakes, you're a beach restaurant. This is ridiculous. But they're not going to lose it. Mm -hmm. Like some of these people just seem to lose self-control over this mask Mm -hmm. issue. Right, right. It's a completely, (laughs) we're in a different realm right now. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, we we are (laughs) at a whole new level something like this. Yeah, that's true. No, that's that's good to know. So, you know, hotels dealing with this, they've got the public coming in. We're seeing some hotels reopen. Some have been open for about a month now. You know, here in Seattle, unfortunately, there's still quite a few that are shut down. And I know that's the case across the country. But some are grappling with doing health checks and, you know, how how to properly... Number one, not just how to properly administer them, but like, should they actually be doing health checks? Should you ask people how they're feeling? Have they been in contact with anybody sick? Should they do temperature checks? And then that cascades down to how many times a room is serviced, if at all during the stay, you know, requiring masks like we've been talking about, giving hand sanitizer. I mean, this sort of spider webs out into a lot of different areas. Are hotels in position to be able to require health checks when people come to check in? Or is that just an area that that they should steer clear from? I mean, I think they can. You know, I can think of one or two resort hotels that are doing that. So there's a kiosk that you come in and you do that check when you're checking in. And, you know, there are a couple of reasons to do that. One is to protect your employees. And the second is to protect other guests 
from someone who has got COVID. I can think of one client I talked to and they had a gentleman who on the day he checked out, he said, I got my COVID test result today and I'm positive. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Who would, who would do that? And so I think you can. I think most hotels, employers do certain types of medical checks. They've done them in the past. And so they're more comfortable implementing the questions of the COVID symptoms and temperature checks. Hotels, you know, restaurants, those kinds of places are much less comfortable with that kind of scenario. And I think if you're going to do them, it's a means of protection to perhaps make your employees feel more comfortable coming to work and make some people more comfortable staying at your hotel. But guests may find it odd. Now, in all honesty, I don't know how odd they're going to find it. I mean, if I had a workman here at my home two weeks ago and they called me and said, have you had any of these symptoms? Have you had any contacts? And then I asked them what they're doing. This guy's coming to my house. So what are you doing with your employees before I let this guy in my house? And so people are becoming more acclimated to that as the new normal. And I do think if you're going to do that, so for example, with the mask requirement, most people book online, they get a confirmation. And my recommendation is have that confirmation state, you're going to be required to wear a mask. And if you're going to do a medical check, you're going to be required to answer these medical questions upon arrival. Tell them up front. You tell them up front. I mean, people don't, most people don't like surprises like that. My view is tell people up front. So, you know, if I can't wear a mask, I can say, hey, I can't wear a mask, but here's what I can do. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, just as everything. I mean, we're so in hotels, we have to be proactive about these things. It's just like, if you know there's going to be maintenance issues on a floor, there's going to be fire alarm testing or, you know, construction on the street in front of the property, whatever it is, we're so used to communicating that stuff up front. This is no different. Right. And so one recommendation is have it on your website where people book their, you know, where they go and book their reservations, but it's, it's right there on your website to protect you. you, Here's what we're going to require. It's funny because this is a whole other level of intimacy that hotels need to have with their guests that they're not necessarily used to having, you know, we hotels, you know, they, they are obviously some of the better ones are all about engaging service and providing things that people need to make their stay comfortable and recognizing milestones and VIPs and, and whatnot. But there's almost a threshold of getting too personal. And this might feel like we're getting into the too personal realm when we're interacting with people. Cause we still like to keep our guests at arm's length, even though we're recognizing birthdays and, you know, the hundredth stay or whatever it is. And I like to keep the hotel at arm's length. So it, it is a little strange. I mean, I like my service, but I don't feel the need to develop a deep and meaningful bond. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is touching in that area. I mean, it could yeah. it definitely feel like it. So yeah, it's, you know, from a training perspective, I know you alluded to this earlier. Again, this is a different level of training. It's not just about how to interact with people about telling them, you know, whether or not they need to wear masks. There's a different level of engagement and empathy that needs to happen when you're talking with somebody about their health. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be fine, but you're going to get that other, that odd guest that's going to have a problem with it or that are actually going to be sick when they arrive and they're just, they're, they're, they're showing symptoms of having COVID or, or whatever it is, or maybe they have symptoms and it's not COVID, but you know, they just have the flu. Um, 
you've got to deal with that guest in a different way and not make a big deal about it when that situation is presented to you. And I mean, in all honesty, and I quite frankly wrote this in, in an email to a client about a situation, a guest situation they had, and it was, we just need to exercise a little bit of patience and compassion <laughs> with each other right now, because this is right. a unique situation. And so, you know, for example, when you're talking about an accommodation, and, and I will be honest, there are some states that in all honesty, it's not clear that they are permitting an alternative to a face covering. Now, mm-hmm. the, the reality is the ADA would say you have to accommodate someone. And so if somebody can't wear a face mask, in the context in the world of OSHA, OSHA has taken the position with respect to other things that a face shield that extends below the chin is a comparable in protection. And you see more people walking around in face masks in face shields these days. Mm-hmm. than at the beginning of all this. So that's that's a potential accommodation. So mm-hmm. it's not a bad idea if somebody says, well, I just can't wear a mask, to maybe have a few of those in an office somewhere. Could you wear this? Because it doesn't grip your face. There's one argument, you know, you're breathing carbon dioxide. You're not in a face shield. And so, mm-hmm. and it might just be an alternative you provide to people up front in communication with them before they ever get there. You've probably got extra masks in the back anyway that you're giving a guest when they arrive. <laughs> Having a handful of face shields isn't a bad idea at all. It's a great idea. And I will say there's at least one state that says you've got to at least provide disposable masks to your guests, which is Oregon, which I, I thought was a little bit weird. But uh, I mean, most people carry their mask. If they're going to wear them, they're carrying masks with them. But yeah. It's not a bad idea to have a stash in the office. Right. If an employee gets sick at work, with COVID from exposure or alleged exposure uh, at work, do they have a valid claim against an employer? They have a workers' compensation claim. Okay, which is different. Very different (laughs) distinction. So they don't have, they can't sue them for negligence. You know, now caveat, I mean, it's a pretty high standard, but there is a standard where you would show, you know, some level of disregard by the employer that got you out of workers' compensation, but that standard is so high, the likelihood of that happening is, you know, probably less than 0.01%. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, this is something that hasn't really come up yet. We're not hearing a lot about it, but, you know, this is, it's sure to, uh, it's sure to come up in conversations as this pandemic keeps going and more hotels open up. It's definitely going to be something that the properties are going to have to contend with, HR managers most certainly. And there's also the issue of the concern that some guest will sue you and say, mm-hmm. I got COVID at your hotel. I think those kinds of claims are going to be difficult. There's some, the Republicans have drafted an indemnification law on these kinds of issues. But I think uh, what I read was the Democrats basically said, not going to happen. So I think there's a lot of work to do before there's any law concerning those types of issues protecting entities like hotels from those kinds of claims. Right. We're still in the first inning of all of this. We are in in the early part. (laughs) Maybe in batting practice, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I have to ask you, we've seen on social media and we're starting to hear people talk about these cards that some 
people are carrying around saying that they can't wear a mask. And it looks very official from some acronymed government agency that doesn't actually exist. But if it's presented in a forceful way or an aggressive way, it could throw an employee off their game. So what's the deal with these cards here? Are these are these for real or is this just a, a hoax? This is just a hoax. And so my recommendation would be find examples of these and in training, show them to your employees. So this is almost like checking IDs for alcohol. Right. <laughs> You're looking at it closely enough to say, no, I think that's unacceptable. And it's not acceptable, particularly in those states who put the burden on you to refuse service. Right. And so, I mean, I guess somebody could have, and I, most people don't carry notes from their doctors saying they can't wear a mask. Although I have seen some of that where people are carrying around, you know, medical notes. But this kind of thing is just, I don't know what the origin of it is. <laughs> I'm not really sure. You know, A plus for innovation and creativity. Yeah, but, Photoshop skills and yeah, yeah the like. <laughs> and it won't help you. It should not be able to help you in this situation. So bottom line is don't pay attention to them. You know, deal with the issue at hand, but the, there is no enforcement card out there that uh, somebody could present to a hotel that would yeah. prevent them from being mandated to wear a mask. Yeah, I mean, there's no exemption. Um, I will say there are a couple of states that permit you to serve a guest if the guest simply represents that. I think Michigan may be one, maybe not. Mm. I can't remember, but that if the guest represents that they cannot medically wear a mask, you may accept that. So take it at uh, at their word, and then yeah, take it at their word. And some people struggle with that because, but you know, I, I don't know that you. I mean, first of all, you don't have enough time. You're not going to spend hours tracking down someone's medical doctor and saying, "I'm sorry, we're going to do a medical inquiry so we can determine whether it's really true that you can't wear that mask." I'll just give you an analogy in the hotel world. So with respect to service animals, somebody comes into your hotel with a service animal. You can ask them, is that a service animal? Yes. You can ask them, what is that service animal? What is he trained to do for you? But you cannot require medical documentation as to their disability. Mm -hmm. You cannot require evidence that that is, in fact, a service animal. A service animal is an animal that's trained to do specific tasks related to your disability. I mean, if you're going to look at an analogy, this is somewhat similar, although I think the consequences of a lot of people not wearing the mask may be more problematic than the dog. And not to go down a rabbit hole of service animals. That is a whole other show on its own. <laughs> but from a just a taking people at their word perspective, the service animal piece, that's a federal that's a law. That's a federal law, right? That is not a state by state. Yeah. Well, right. here's what I would say. Yes and no. So there are any number of states that have something similar to, with respect to accommodating guests. So they've got something similar to Title Three of the ADA, and they may have varying requirements, but they're similar in that they're not, they're pretty much similar to the federal law in that, you know, you don't take, get to take a, de- a guest down a rabbit hole concerning whether or not the animal with them is a service animal, you know, other than maybe saying, is the dog vaccinated? You can't say, I want his training record so I can see if he's right. a service animal. Yeah, good point. So with all of this, I mean, you know, service animals aside, masks and different government policies, different company policies, 
personal views and the like. There's a lot at play here. And what ends up happening, I think it's pretty easy to to distill this, is that at some point along the way, there's going to be a poor front desk agent or poor doorman stuck in the middle between everything we've been talking about today and having to navigate that world with a guest in front of them. And they have to do that in real time. So what is your advice to that front desk agent, that concierge, that, you know, doorman who does get stuck in the middle of this and and may end up uh, having to make a difficult decision or deal with a difficult situation? What do you recommend that they do? My recommendation in that scenario is, you know, you have this guest who very aggressively says, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm sorry, sir, you're required to wear a mask to stay here. If you want to discuss that situation with our manager, I would be happy to get him for you. And so kick the can up the chain of command. But my view is hotels, the biggest aid that you're going to have in mass compliance is one, training your employees, and quite frankly, 100% compliance in mask wearing from your appropriate and proper mask wearing from your own employees. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got people walking around that are your employees who are not wearing their mask, who are not wearing their mask properly, you are going to be stuck in the world of whataboutism. Mm-hmm. What about the pool guy standing out there? I saw him. What about your, you know, your valet guy here? He's not wearing a mask. Right. You know, it's over 100 degrees and 90% humility, and I want him wearing a mask. Because he just took my car somewhere, but I don't want to wear a mask. Right. And so those two things, training plus employee compliance, help you have a conversation with the individual about the mask requirement. Because the conversation is, you know, here's all the things we're doing to keep you safe. Other guests want to be safe. Our employees want to be safe. And can you work with us in that and be part of it? it? And you lose credibility instantly if they can point at, you know, that person, that person, that person, not following the rule that you're trying to enforce with that guest who's coming in. Oh, absolutely. You just have lost all credibility. That's fantastic advice. And I don't want to lead the witness, forgive the pun on this. (laughs) But, you know, when we're talking about best practices and things that people can put into place right away, that's going to give them the most kind of bang for their time and their energy. What would that be? Would that be training or would that be something else? Training and more training and and 100% compliance from your employees. Mm -hmm. Keeping in mind, you have to accommodate them and try and work with them. If they can't wear a mask, have them wear a face shield. But you should be policing that. You should be enforcing it. And there should be discipline if there's noncompliance. Well said. Myra, I think that's plenty uh, on the topic here for everybody to uh, wrap their head around and try to implement into their daily lives and their businesses. I really appreciate you taking the time to outline everything today on this subject for the listeners. If people want to get a hold of you or learn a little bit more, uh, where can they go? Well, if you go on our Fisher Phillips website, you can find my email there. My email is mcreighton, C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N at fisherphillips.com. There's a profile and a bio on there and you can just get in touch with me. Fantastic. We'll link to that in the show notes too so everybody can find it uh, very easily. So again, Myra, thanks for taking the time today. It was great having you on and uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you for very much for having me. 
Thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you want to get in touch with Myra or learn more about her, you can find her at fisherphillips.com. We'll also link to her profile in the show notes. As for us, if you like today's episode, we'd really appreciate a rating and a review. It just helps us produce better content and helps the show get found by new listeners. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast with Adam Knight. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. The podcast is brought to you by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management company that puts your performance first by rethinking the management model. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Until next time.